Hi, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Robbins, and I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium. And here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today, I have Julie Ryan on the show. Psychic and medical intuitive, she can sense what medical conditions and illnesses a person has and facilitate energetic healings. She can communicate with spirits both alive and dead. Julie can scan animals, access people's past lives, and remove ghosts from homes and other buildings, and she can tell how close to death someone is. Her book, Angelic Attendance, What Really Happens as We Transition from This Life into the Next, describes a series of events that involve angels, multitudes of deceased family and friends, the spirits of deceased pests, and countless serendipitous and miraculous moments. Each week, Julie scans callers on her podcast, Ask Julie Ryan, which is heard by millions in over 100 countries throughout the world. Julie is a businesswoman, inventor, author, podcaster, and serial entrepreneur. Her surgical device inventions are sold globally, and she has founded nine companies in five different industries. Julie's psychic and medical intuitive skills are learned. Welcome, Julie. Thanks, Amy. I'm thrilled to be here with you. I'm thrilled that you're here. There's like questions in just that bio that I'm curious about, but yeah, sure. we are going to, oh. we're going to, um, we're going to dig into the medical intuitive part. And then if we have time at the end, I'll ask some questions about that. Okay. But can you speak to us about what exactly is a medical intuitive? Sure. Absolutely. I am able to raise my vibrational level, Amy, to the level of spirit because we're all spirits attached to a body having a human experience. And when we're attached to a body, we vibrate more slowly simply because the body has mass. So it slows down. It would be like sending an electrical current through jello. You know, it's not going to be as fast as Mm -hmm. it's going to be just in in the air or in a wire, if you will. So what I do is I've learned to turn my abilities on and off at will, and I raise my vibrational level to the level of spirit, and I'm able to connect with anybody anywhere in the world. And then I, once I'm connected to them, I have a hologram of them in my mind's eye. And I envision shooting energy from their feet up through the top of their head, and it's as if I'm looking at an MRI or a CT scan or an X-ray. And I can identify medical conditions like broken bones, torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infections. I, I just had finished a, a, uh, an appointment with a woman who has breast cancer. She didn't know it. I mean, I could see it. I could see it. Little teeny tiny sacks of cells that we removed. So things will be identified and then there'll be some type of an energetic healing that, that happens. And for me, that healing can take the shape of something getting removed. Like with this woman, there were these, there were four little pockets of cancer cells that I got removed in an energetic healing and something can be removed. Something can be added. I watch healings happen all the time that emulate what I saw in the operating room and in other departments of the hospitals for my 35 year career in the surgical device industry. As you mentioned, I'm an inventor of surgical devices. So I was in and out of the operating room for decades. 
And I watch actual procedures energetically that emulate what I saw in operating rooms. And then sometimes, Amy, I see procedures, energetic healings happen that utilize devices and methodologies that I don't believe have been invented yet. And that's fun when I see those because that appeals to my inventor brain. So take me back to what that looks like, both the actual scan when you do the scan and sort of what you see, and then also how you emulate the process of the healing energetically. And like, would this woman that you're talking about seek out treatment? Or is it sort of too early for it even to be detected by any sort of mammogram or ultrasound? When I see cancer cells in somebody, especially when they're in clumps, like in this case, in her breasts, both breasts, she had some, and they were being caused by her underwire bra. She She had large breasts, and as she said, very dense. And you know in an underwire bra where the wire starts on the side, and then goes mm-hmm. down in you and comes up in the middle. She had clusters of cells in both of those places where the wire started because it was causing pressure on that breast tissue. On both breasts, same thing. So I watched those pockets of cells get removed and I watched, it's like I'm watching a movie in my head, a little mini movie, and I watched them get, whenever cancer is involved, cancer cells, I watched them get encapsulated in a membrane. Like if you were going to put something in a Ziploc bag and seal it Mm -hmm. to remove it. And the reason why I always do do that is I don't want those cells going anywhere. There's lots of schools of thought about, about surgery for cancer, even biopsies, that it gets those cells on the move in the bloodstream. And, and I've heard, Oncologist, I heard an oncologist a couple weeks ago say that she thinks biopsies are going to be a thing of the past here in the next 10 years because of that. So I, it's not like I'm doing it. I'm the conduit. It's my spirit guides, the person with whom I'm working, their spirit guides, you know, their angels, deceased loved ones. I mean, whoever. It's like I'm watching this little mini movie and I'm watching the procedure happen in warp speed. If I had a camera and I panned out and I got a wider view, I would see spirits working. But they're working through me. I believe that it's spirit working through me for these healings. And when healings happen, they always are are prevalent on the energy field, you know, on the energetic plane. And then it's up to the body to catch up with them. It's the body and the spirit prerogative, what they do with it. So in her case, I always encourage somebody in that situation to go get a scan. I would say, you know, mm-hmm. go see your doctor, go get a thermogram or something like that. I prefer thermography to mammography, just from what I've read. Less felt false positives. And I, um, it can be, it can show up immediately. They may not find anything, which would be perfect. That would be the optimal. It may take days, weeks, months for the body to catch up with the energetic healing. It may involve some type of medical intervention, like she may need to have a, you know, a, a lumpectomy or something like that, if that happens. And then there's also the possibility of that the healing doesn't manifest in the physical body because it's not what the spirit has intended for that experience in this lifetime. And so certainly I am the facilitator, I'm the conduit, it's up to that person's body and their spirit and whatever their life 
path's trajectory is to do what they will with the healing. That's pretty so, rare that it's not implemented. It's pretty rare. But so you so so there's the physical body and then the what you see as the energetic body. I mean, I've heard that there can there's multiple sort of realms of our Right. They're called layers of the energy field. Is what I was taught. So, the best analogy I've come up with is that the spirit and the body, it, you know, everything's pure energy. I'm sitting at a big cherry desk in my office and it feels very solid, but I know that it's energy that's vibrating slowly. Same with you. You're sitting at a desk, obviously, and, and the energy is vibrating slowly. So, like I said before, spirit vibrates faster because it doesn't have the density of the body. And I was taught as a kid in religious training that the spirit is someplace in the chest area like the sternum almost. That's not what I perceive, Amy. What I perceive is that the body's inside the spirit. And that's why if you look at a, a painting or a depiction of a religious figure, oftentimes they're, they're shown with a halo around their head or sometimes around their whole body. Mm -hmm. And we, at this point, we just think, oh, that's a holy person. That's a saint or it's an angel or it's whomever. Well, that's just their energy field. It's their aura. Well, mm -hmm. we're all, we're all holy people. You know, we're all made in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. So the spirit is the main everlasting part of us. The body goes inside the spirit. The spirit is the power source for the body, which is why when somebody dies and their spirit and their body separate, the body doesn't work anymore because it doesn't have a power source. So the best analogy I've come up with for this so far is imagine go into the pet store and buying a goldfish. Like you're taking your little boy to the pet store to buy a goldfish. We have one wow. beta. I don't need any more. Okay, there you go. <laughs> They're gonna put the fish in a plastic bag of water in order for you to get it home. So if you have a picture of that goldfish in a bag of water, the goldfish represents our body, the water represents our spirit, because the body's inside the spirit, and the plastic bag represents the energy field membrane, and that's the container that the body and the spirit are in because energy that's such a different way of thinking about it i've never thought about it that no, way i know but but if you think about energy being used for a specific purpose like powering the body uh you know energy electricity comes into our homes in wires it's contained in wires natural gas in pipes water in pipes same kind of thing same concept and whenever somebody has a medical condition going on, there's always a tear or a hole in that energy field membrane, as I perceive it. And that tear or hole, and you'll love this, being a psychologist, is caused by some kind of emotional event, either in this lifetime or a past lifetime. And so in order to heal that tear or hole, all I need to do is eliminate it. I envision myself going into that tear or hole and I'm shown some kind of a scene. And I'll be given what the year was, you know, a little bit about what happened, if it's this lifetime, if it's a past lifetime, like this woman that I saw that she had little, little clumps of breast cancer cells. It was a past life thing in 1947. And this was, it, it's so wild, especially the past life stuff. She, in 1947, she was born, I think she said in 52, but in 47, she was a telephone operator, a switchboard operator at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. We got her name. We got that she was in charge of the switchboard that that uh, 
programmed or it didn't program. You remember the old switchboards where they put a plug in? Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw mm-hmm. this little yeah. mini movie of her doing this, and it was to the administration building. And we got the person's name. And so I told her, I said, go Google it. You know, Google all those different variables, all those different parameters we got and see if anything comes up. Oftentimes we'll be able to corroborate the information we get from past life with online. It's wild. So anyways, once we eliminate it, it heals that energetic membrane, the, the energy field membrane, and the body can work on full power. Because when there's a leak, the body's not working on full power and it always precedes any kind of disease or illness. So if I, go, so you if I let, me, let me finish one quick thought. If I go back to the fish example, mm-hmm. that bag that fish is swimming around in, if it has a pinhole in it and the water's draining out a drop at a time, for a long time that fish is going to be okay. But when enough water drains out, that fish is going to be in trouble. And that's the same thing that happens with the human body. So we fix all of that. It's fascinating. So you scan the body right. and you see where there is disease, Ill, anything that's not broken right. bones, torn ligaments, GI issues. You know, and all of that issues. stuff looks yeah. looks different to you, like how you see it in your visual, in your mind's eye looks different. Like a broken bone looks different than a cancer looks different oh, yeah, than a torn it's ligament. like a broken bone on an x-ray. I mean, people, my friends, now we're old enough that a lot of us have grandchildren. And I'll get, you know, I, I've worked on my friend's kids throughout the years. And they'd say, I'm on the way to the emergency room with Johnny. He fell up the swing set looking see, you know, does he have a broken arm? And I'll say, yeah, it's broken above his elbow, you know, on his right arm. And they'll go in and, and the moms will usually say, yeah, I think Julie's got a broken elbow or, you know, or his arm's broken right above his elbow on his right arm. <laughs> and the, the docs and the techs will look at him like they're nuts. But then the x-ray will come back and it will be exactly where I told him it is. Because I'm looking at an x-ray in my mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Same with um, cancer, same thing with torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infections, scar tissue, um, organ issues. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. And I believe the reason I was in the medical supply industry and in and out of hospitals and you know developing products and stuff for all those decades is so that I would know what I'm seeing in my head now at this point when I'm doing scans on people. So why do people seek you out? Do people seek you out preventatively or typically more um, reactively once something's been an issue? Normally it's because they've had symptoms and they've been to multiple doctors and gotten multiple diagnoses and multiple treatment plans and none of them have worked. And so they're calling me and saying, can you help? I've got this going on. And oftentimes it's something simple that all these fancy schmancy tests and stuff are missing. Or it's something, for instance, I was talking with a woman who's a Broadway star, just Broadway star, has been in multiple Tony Award winning uh, productions. And she has had an issue with her ankle. She's had two surgeries. She dances and sings and she's in musicals. And I watched what had happened with the surgery. One of the surgeries had been botched And so we regenerated her ankle and I just got an email from her this morning. We did the healing on her. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday of last week. And she said, Oh my God, 
I'm able to move unlike I've been able to move in 15 years. She said, I did yoga this morning and I was able to do a downward dog and put that foot all the way down for the first time in 15 years. So she has the surgeries and you go back and watch the surgery and what happened? I She had the surgery and I could see where the scar tissue had formed around the surgeries that she'd had that was stopping her ankle from being mobile. So she'd had two gotcha. years ago and she'd go to the doctors and the doctors would say, hey, you know, these, your ankle looks fine. And she's saying, well, it may look fine, but it's not working right. And so she come, came to me. And I said, you got a bunch of scar tissue around that ankle that's restricting the movement. So I watched an energetic procedure where that scar tissue was removed. And within short order, she's able to move her ankle and it's healing. Ah, I got it now. So you watch the procedure energetically, just like if it was a surgery that they someone was doing. Exactly. So you would call in angels, guides, loved ones to perform this? Don't even do it at that point, at this point. I've been doing it for okay. over 25 years. I just, it's like driving a car. You know, you, when you, you've you been driving a car for a long time, you don't get you to think, okay, I have to put the key in the car. And then- I haven't. I'm like, I'm like 18. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then you have to put your seatbelt on and then I have to gear shit. You just do it. And so that's where I am at this stage. But I know that it's my spirit guides, the person with whom I'm working, spirit guides. It's God, it's the universe, it's, you know, all these entities. It's interesting, though, when I'm scanning somebody who's in surgery or doing an instant replay of a surgery that has happened, the person who is the patient who's on the OR table, their guardian angel is always floating over the head of anesthesia and there are surgeon spirits that are advising the actual surgeons doing that procedure. So I can tell real time how many actual physical surgeons are in there. I can tell you what they're doing in that procedure where they are in that case. I can, I can read the anesthesia equipment. I can tell you who the deceased loved ones of the patient who's being operated on. There are always deceased loved ones that are in the room for support. It's, it's just phenomenal, the stuff that we're able to to see. Are there always guides and angels helping the surgeons? I normally, what I normally see is I'll see a surgeon's spirit over the head of the actual surgeon. So for instance, if there are three surgeons in the room, they'll each have their own surgeon spirit guide that's guiding them and advising them during that procedure. So what happens when things go wrong? They're not even aware of it. Well, they're helping helping guide them. You know, when things go wrong, you mean if somebody's dying? Or in surgery when there's a mess up or the surgeon does something that causes, I don't know, someone to bleed out or, you know, cuts off the wrong leg, things along those lines. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's funny that you say that because there's a huge problem in surgeries where they'll operate on the wrong limb or the wrong leg. That's when they mark it with a purple marker. And right. No, I know. And they'll ask you five times, okay, now what are we doing today? What's the surgery? Yeah, that's a huge problem, at least in America. Um, there's a broader perspective of what we judge as something going wrong <clears throat> because everything is perfect how it unfolds in our lives. So something that we would perceive goes wrong, for instance, you use the example of somebody bleeding out in surgery. That is the surgeon's path 
that he's experiencing, it's also the patient's path that they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And then that goes into that cell, that spirit, and their prerogative of what they want to experience in this lifetime. So it all plays, it's all interconnected and playing together. Mm -hmm. We in our human minds have a tough time of saying, well, how can something like that be good? But we don't have the capacity in our human minds to be able to envision all of the outcomes and all of the benefits that can come from a situation. There are too many variables. So all we can do is trust that it is that spirit's trajectory and it is that spirit and all the spirits involved, the people, the humans involved, that they're expanding in ways that are benefiting all of them, even if we don't understand it in our human minds. Mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense to me. I think, you know, as, as much as I've done this work, I still grapple with those feelings as a human being of what it means when you know, some, someone were to bleed out. And I understand from a spiritual perspective or, or any sort of death, right? I understand from a spiritual perspective the concept of soul contracts and growth and, and the immortal soul and how we are, you know, this is not just about this lifetime right now, but what our soul's path is right. to learn and explore. Right. And I still am human and like everybody else, I'm, I'm, you know, less fearful, but, but certainly, you know, think about if something happened to my children or my husband and the human pain sure. that that would cause. So I'm always kind of trying to straddle both those worlds. And it, it does become really, I think, about trusting yeah. that it's, it is in your highest and best good. And yet when you're in the midst of human psychological pain, I think that's really hard. I agree. Nobody said it was easy. But I also believe that we humans have judgment and spirit doesn't. So to spirit, it's just an experience, whether Mm -hmm. somebody has surgery and it's very successful or they die on the table in the OR, to spirit, it's just an experience. To those of us that are human, we see something as really good and something else is horrific. Right. Yeah. And that's part of the human experience Mm -hmm. that in heaven, what I have, have gotten from spirit guides and doing this work for decades is that everything's pure bliss there. I mean, they think it and they, they have it. They don't really go through the creation thing. And, and I keep being told even the most horrific things that we perceive as being awful, they just see it as an experience. Mm-hmm. And, For everybody. Yeah. Human. No, it's just an experience for that spirit. Right. And for the spirits of the people who experience it as horrific, painful right. exactly. and horrific. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... With this, this like healing procedure, do all, do you feel like everybody who has like a cancer or broken bone or torn ligament or 
Lyme's disease or whatever it is, should have an energetic healing in addition to the physical healing? Like, do they kind of go hand in hand and are you missing a piece if you don't have both? Great question. I have never been asked that in all these years. So I love asking questions that other people score. Score. Thank you. (laughs) Great question. I don't think there's any should in anything because whose opinion is should, first of all. I believe that the people who get energetic healings because they're seeking them, that that's part of their spirit's path to explore that. Certainly there are most of our Western society, Western civilization, especially my parents and my grandparents, maybe you're a lot younger than I am, but, but 18, 18, yeah, 18 again, right. right. <laughs> Child prodigy here. Um, right. Exactly. The, the psychology Doogie Hauser, right. <laughs> you know, or, uh, I think, I think my parents, I don't think, I know my parents and my grandparents, if doctor said it, they just did it. They didn't question it. I mean, it was just boom. Whereas we have so much access to information online and through other other um, sources that I always encourage people to be really well educated on what's going on and to have an intelligent conversation with their doctor. And some doctors get their their egos poked when somebody doesn't do what they tell them to do. They get upset about it. And that's their stuff. That's that doctor stuff. The doctor is there to, to serve the patient who is the customer. And so I think insurance has really made the doctor-patient relationship. It's really altered it just because they don't have enough time. Because mm-hmm. they've got to get so many patients in in order to get enough money to keep everything afloat and all of that. I think the model has changed dramatically. Yeah, but I think coming. I think that people who, I know certainly people who say to me, "Well, I, I just don't believe in this stuff." I said, "Well, that I'm, I'm a skeptic." They'll say, "I said, well, that's appropriate," <laughs> and they'll say, "Well, you got to prove it to me." And I'll say, "Well, no, really, I don't. It's not for you, obviously. It's for people that want to explore this and want to experience it. And obviously, mm. it's not for you." And then usually they'll back off, and they'll a lot of times they'll say, "Well." Okay, scan me. You know, they're afraid. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of what they don't know. Right. They've been inundated right. throughout the millennia with evil spirits and you know all this nonsense that has been concocted, in my opinion, by cultures and religions to control the masses. Mm-hmm. And to provoke fear. Yeah, I don't. You know, what better way to to control people than through fear? But what I find is that all spirits are pure love and light. And people say, well, don't tell me if you see something bad. And I say, well, I don't edit anything, number one. And number two, everything can be healed. So why not? Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between what you do and like a Reiki healing? A Reiki healing is similar to what I do. I, I started off with Reiki 35 years ago, probably. And just have it has evolved over that time into how I do it. So it's just different. It would be like, uh, you know, the way a painter paints with oil 
uh, in his studio is different from somebody else painting with oil in their studio. It's just mm -hmm. different techniques, personal things, that kind of thing. I don't find too many people that see, uh, there's a, a pretty well-known, not pretty, very well-known doctor named Christian Northrup. Mm -hmm. I call her the fairy godmother of women's health. Mm -hmm. She tells people that I'm a human MRI. <laughs> so, so the way that I do it is based on what my experience is, what my training is. I was, I went to training for six years, a formalized training to learn how to do this. I, I think I have spent the equivalent of a medical school degree cost to get to this place and over all of these years, but it's how I do it. It's different from how somebody mm -hmm. else is going to do it. Just like any doctor yeah. is going to add a little of their own Nuance. way of doing right. things after years of doing it. Not only that, and based on their education and based on, mm -hmm. you know, training yeah, and what their concept is of, of how they came to even be interested in this and what was their upbringing. And, you know, for instance, people who believe in evil spirits and the devil and, you know, curses and things like that. Well, okay, I was brought up in a religion that talked about those kinds of things, but I don't believe it. But certainly it formed something that I could contrast against in this spiritual work that I'm doing now. And, mm -hmm. and it's just, it, I think all of those variables come into play. Does that answer your question? So I think so. Um, so one last question before we wrap up today, which is, your skills are were learned. Yes, absolutely. And I think that a lot of people feel like if they don't, you know, people call it a gift. You have a gift for doing this. Right. But some people, I think, do come to it and it's very natural to them, right. just like anything is, right? Yeah. Like there are some people who are very natural artists, musicians, and other people who learn it. So can you just tell us a little bit about, you, you mentioned it before, but what your process? Sure. I think was. we're all born with the ability. We're all clear channels to the divine and we, and anything is possible. And we hold ourselves back with limiting beliefs that are false. And our mind, and our, right? Like our, our, our children are so much clearer channels. And then you see around, you know, five or six, it's almost like the the whole kind of closes up and the ability to access that our soul. Right. And, it, it, and we're limited. conditioned out of it. And exactly that's what I see, Amy, exactly what you described. The filters start to get in place for kids about the age of five or six. And there's a lot of little kids that remember past life stuff. And then mm -hmm. once they get to be five or six, then they don't anymore. And a lot of it's socialization. Well, honey, that's just your imagination. That didn't really happen kind of a thing. So they learn to shut it down. But uh, everybody is born with the ability. Certainly all of us have had situations where we think of somebody and we either get a phone call from them shortly thereafter, or we run into them and we say, oh, serendipity or what a coincidence or whatever. No coincidences in life. You were thinking of them. You were having a psychic connection with them that you were going to run into them. So certainly we're all born with it. I have enhanced mine because I'm interested in it and because I've, I've done some training and come up with methodologies to utilize it. And I do it every day. 
with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, either either with scheduled appointments or for family or friends or whomever. And so my son, if he's watching a football game for his college, and somebody gets hurt, he's texting me going, Mom, what's wrong with them? You know, can you <laughs> whatever. Which is hilarious. Well, I mean, I'm not even going to touch that because I know what team you cheer, cheer for. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Although maybe now that I have your cell phone number, I'll start texting oh, That's right. For uh, my team. So everybody, Amy went to Michigan and I went to the right. Ohio State University. <laughs> right. So that's what we're laughing about. But he went to Alabama. So he, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then he can keep texting you. I don't Roll need time. to. Roll time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so back to your question, I think we all have the ability and like, let's talk about football. Everybody can throw a football. Some people are better at throwing a football than others. Do they have some innate talent? Certainly. Do they work on it for decades to get to be an NFL player? Certainly. That's what I like. Like Tom Brady, who went to Michigan. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was a nobody at Michigan when he got there. Right? Yeah. yeah, I don't even know how much he didn't play all that and much. Nobody when he got drafted, and look at him. You know, I mean, anything mm-hmm. is possible. How fabulous is that? So, if people are interested in what you do, where can they find you? AskJulieRyan.com. Everything's at AskJulieRyan.com. And you also do a radio show. It's on Thursday nights. And I'm going to be on your radio show talking about what we talked about, I guess. Or maybe you'll scan me. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a health question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be great. That'll be great. Yes, we tape it on Thursday nights at at 8 Eastern. And people call in from all over and they ask Julie Ryan. They ask me a question about about health or about their medical question or they ask me about their pets or they ask me they want to talk to their dead grandma they want to talk about a past life thing spirit guides um they have a loved one who's dying can you tell me what phase the person is dying you know how close to death are the are you are they can you communicate with my dying mom or sister or whomever Uh, I, i do that often when someone is dying and the family needs to get information like what are their wishes? Do they have a will? Where, where can we find this? Where's the safety deposit box? What bank do they use? That kind of stuff. And it's amazing the information that we can glean from mm-hmm. whoever the person is dying that's unable to communicate because I communicate with them telepathically and that's how well, communicate. And we're going to do another show on transitioning, which I'm excited about as well. So, well, thank you so much for your time today. All your information will also be in my show notes for people to find you for whatever they need. Perfect. Thanks for, thanks for having me. What a treat. Thank you for being here. You bet. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Curious about what comes next and what it all means? You can subscribe on iTunes. Just go to podcasts and find life death and the space between and hit subscribe and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at dr amy robbins ask me any questions you might have let me know what else you'd love to hear about or just share your story i can't wait to hear from you